0: Welcome, everyone, to the Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Time to howl at the moon, Pete.
1: All you'd have to do is don't die. The Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek for the Marvel Studios special presentation, Werewolf by Night, is brought to you by aunt francis skeleton key
0: with that pete as we start to unlock this most unique offering from the mcu uh definitely excited particularly as we're capping off a an extended podcasting weekend in which we've covered let's see she hulk which feels like forever ago and or star trek lower decks uh, and now back to the mcu look pete it has symmetry
1: matt in a year where this is our 104th podcast episode it's october 10th as we are recording and dropping this uh and we have now equaled 2020 having surpassed 2021 last week will we ever be at the 185 podcast mark as we were in 2019 i don't know that we physically could but here we are
0: I would agree that uh, that that high water mark might be tough to beat, but uh, certainly looking forward to this discussion to some of the discussions that are ahead, also noticing Marvel Studios Star Trek Star Wars, etc have yet to offer us anything for the month of December, so
1: shh, shh, don't tempt them please
0: we we will feast now and uh, worry about the famine in the future
1: uh with the Discussion here today, Matt, couple things, making the rounds, pre-roll, if you will. Uh, Variety had an article this week about the black and white special presentation that was almost not in black and white.
0: It is really great to hear Jersey Boy himself, Oscar-winning composer Michael Giacchino, uh, who directed this, hear him talk about how he he fought for the black and white uh, presentation here and you know it, it was like the monster movies of of old and it took some convincing to finally you know convince mighty kevin feige and so forth i just want to put this out there pete it's been observed by other people that if uh the blood was shown in color it would have been tvma and i you know disney treadeth very lightly on the tvma stuff that's part of the reason why it's like can we sneak in a deadpool because it's really funny and maybe some logan Okay, nobody complained. Nobody took away another special tax district. Can we, or I guess pre- predating that was, let's put some old Daredevil stuff on there and, and whatnot. Okay, nobody complained. Now let's do some newer stuff. So they're they're really careful with the TVMA. And I honestly have a hard time believing that Kevin Feige didn't know all along that it was going to be in black and white. But I don't know where the truth is. But uh, the reality is this a better product, I think, in black and white.
1: I definitely think so. The right move there. This also done with as much practical man thing as they possibly uh, could have included. Uh, The practical uh, stunt person, I guess, or actor, uh, Carrie Jones, Matt, who you'll recognize from your The Book of Boba Fett, played the uh, bounty hunting Wookiee Chrysanthemum. I can only imagine that
0: because they were so dedicated towards a practical suit that then needed uh, digital augmentation, that they probably had some poor special effects person digitally removing practical stuff before then like being able to animate it, and that it was another crunch time, and we'll hear another story about how it's it's rough working for... Rough working for the Marvel when it comes to visual effects, but I guess it's it's great that they wanted to do all practical. I'm telling you, that face is too good to be practical. Um, so, Pete, they got there one way or another, probably blood, sweat, and tears like like any other production.
1: And, of course, Werewolf by Night essentially being a dry run, this new type of special paving the way for the Guardians of the Galaxy special holiday special next month of course we'll be bringing you that um but uh roundly praised you know disney strategically keeping friday drops for some halloween theme stuff they did hocus pocus 2 the week before not quite sure where they're going this week it's not a marvel thing or a star wars thing other than the things we already have (laughs) coming this week so Yeah, but uh, interesting that we went Andor, uh, She-Hulk, and then our Werewolf by Night this week. Uh, Been a lot of content and been great to cover. When we catch you up on what went down, this Marvel Studios special presentation, giving into the Marvel Studios card, which... Suddenly changes to black and white with these slashes across and the screams leading to the lightning across the logo. Stylistic, fun, can't wait to see what they do with Guardians. If there's not, and we know that Gunn is taking special cues from the Star Wars holiday special, we might have to rerun that, Matt, heading into The guardian special uh i'm i'm just so psyched about the vibe that they'll be going for with that
0: yeah i think it's interesting how how careful marvel studios always is and we've been hearing about the guardians holiday special for forever and to kind of sneak this in now this I, i don't have the dates in front of me i must confess i think that this probably was shot I think this was shot after the Guardian stuff was shot, but that itself, you know, because of COVID, its whole shooting schedule was, was affected. So from a pre-production perspective, this may have been kind of thought through completely or completed pre-production before the other ones started, just so they could have a sense of what does something like this look like. And of course, we have in this title card here, this kind of darkness and whatnot. This is where monsters dwell and so forth. We get some expositional backstory right off the bat here, how the Bloodstone family has kept the Bloodstone, a weapon against the veil, but the weapon is wanting a new master after the death of Ulysses' Bloodstone. Tonight is his funeral, so uh, we're clear on the particulars for this 50-minute ride.
1: Not a full moon, something that later gets explicitly sorted out, so you're like, moon, werewolf, night, putting it all together... But this glass dome structure here with the hunters gathered from around the globe, strangers till this night uh, for the ceremonial hunt, which will decide who will wield the bloodstone. Door opens here uh, as the narrator explains to us. Woe to the monster who finds itself among them. And we have Jack look out. Uh, with his facial tattoos there, very much a uh, uh, Day of the Dead vibe to those. Uh, on the left of that hallway, there is, and it's been uh, explicitly pointed out by um, Thor author Jason Aaron, there is a picture on the left of uh, Gore the God Butcher.
0: That's an interesting That's an interesting detail. I'm not quite sure what to make
1: of it. And it's a different presentation than that of, uh, Thor Love and Thunder.
0: Hmm. Okay. So I'm still not quite sure what to make of it. Maybe, maybe word of gore has made its way to this realm, which I was assuming was earth in the MCU present day. Um, that would track, I suppose, right? He, 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 So beleaguered the planet six months ago and so forth. So that, that could all track. Um, also adorning the walls, you know, the monster heads and so forth. Uh, we're told that there are even more visitors, other hunters here. Uh, we get Elsa name checked. Uh, she's here as well. Uh, Pete, you can, she's all bundled up. That's because with this Elsa, the cold never bothered her anyway. Uh, Pete, First of all, this, uh, you know, they say Elsa's here. Okay, Elsa, at the woman, got it. This is a story that does not spend a whole lot of time with people introducing themselves. Uh, I thought I had missed Jack's name until later on when he finally introduces himself. Uh, and similarly here, we have, uh, first of all, we have the red gem shining. So Pete, Kevin Feige didn't give up all the colors here. <laughs> um, but we have uh, we have the beloved performer uh Kirk Thatcher here playing uh Beardo aka the Scotsman aka what's his real name Joshua
1: Jovan here in his brogue uh that the bloodstone is a beauty isn't it big scar on his face here he has 57 confirmed kills himself and of course Jack shakes his hand enthusiastically all of this comes back to the fact that we're pretty sure Jack is the werewolf by night, and later, of course, revealed to be that. Uh, This is Jovan's 30th season. Jack can almost smell the blood on his hands with his werewolf super smell. Um, And Jovan uh, appreciates his makeup here. It's a killer trademark honoring his ancestors um but uh normally anonymity important in their line of work but jack notes it gets lonely this is as we talk writing effortless exposition spelling out why he needs a friendly man thing later on
0: now, Pete, this has been so great. New setting. There's a shiny red thing when there was no color. We have the guy who played punk music guy in Star Trek IV. Uh, this is But why are we here? Oh, the story reminds us we've come here to honor the late Ulysses. Uh, a woman enters. There's Elsa now in the flesh. Did she feel obligated to come? Elsa says that she wants what is hers, so we have some conflict right off the bat. Uh, then she'll leave right away. Uh, The other woman, the woman in the veil, a woman of a bit more mature age, that is Verusa. Uh, She wonders, uh, she'll be later revealed to be the stepmother. Uh, She wonders if Elsa is up to it after all these years. Mostly effortless exposition here. She was so promising growing up. Shame she didn't turn out. And she was the greatest disappointment of her father Ulysses' life. Um, So Beat, learning a lot of things here. Can you tell us more about any of these people?
1: Over 200 kills collectively, 26 kills for Barrasso, 37 for Azarel. we've got 43 for Leorn, and over 100, give or take, for the smallest dude in the room, Jack? Like, come on, these people aren't looking at him like, that guy's a werewolf we're in trouble. Well,
0: I'm even trying to think Pete, like I watched the trailer for this when it came out. What was that? Like a month ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched it maybe twice. I mean, look, I enjoyed the trailer. It's not, you know, like, Oh my goodness, the force awakens trailer. where you just need to analyze why it makes you reflect on the beauty of life and whatnot. Like it was a perfectly fine trailer. I got done with that trailer the first time. I'm like, I don't really know anything about what's going on in this thing, but, um, that guy's a werewolf. So, I don't know like it, it, it's like i can't separate These
1: people aren't watching the same thing we're watching when they're in it like come on uh
0: a fair point but bottom line so many death dealers here uh thank you in case you forgot in the character intro here for gathering in the ritual to honor ulysses bloodstone a leader a friend a lover
1: uh Pete... <laughs> the reaction by Oh laura donnelly's elsa there <laughs> Uh, when the when the remark is made after she's already uh, scraped a chair across the floor to to break the sacredness of this, normally uh, they're wearing masks, um, and then plops down and just cringes <laughs> at her soon to be revealed stepmom's uh, amorous post-mortem affection for her uh, not-so-dear-old-dad.
0: Pete, I'm not trying to make a double entendre here. I'm just going to continue with my notes. Um, And again, I'm not trying to connect what you just said to what's next in my notes. I just want to make that clear. I noted at this point that the camera kind of passively shows us the back of the casket, says this end up. Um, Again, not making the connection to the prior thing. Just want to say I had wondered if something was going to be done with that and it really wasn't. So i I mean, I guess that's a, a dark humor there.
1: Well, um, I mean, it's a pop culture allusion to uh Christmas story and the, you know, the major award. True,
0: true. Um, regardless, Verusa notes that Ulysses uh, has called for his presence in other ways. You know, he's dead and whatnot, but the casket is slowly cranked open by Mr. Butler, who th- does he have a name, Pete?
1: Uh no. <laughs> uh, okay, so nothing evocative <laughs> not, not and mysterious one that uh, I'm aware of, Matt. But let's not forget this is a um, this is a cast that includes uh, the flaming tuba. Yes, that is a character's name. He's the one that does the horn that brings. Um, it's on Jack. account
0: of the tuba that has a flame.
1: Yes, that that character's name, the flaming tuba.
0: So the casket is cranked open and inside is a mummified body that moves rather as a mechanical man. Um, We hear his recorded voice here. It's time to choose a new leader in the crusade against the monsters and honor for only the strongest. Soon you will face a monster on these sacred grounds and the hunter who slays the beast will be the new leader taking the bloodstone and Pete as promised in the trailer uh, the mummified form. Of Ulysses and his recorded voice, uh, it is noted that he'll be rotting for you.
1: Graveyard humor there. Uh, the one and only Bloodstone can have only one keeper. It was to be his daughter's, but through decades of absence, we're told that Elsa has long forsaken her birthright. And the only weapons tonight will be placed throughout the garden for them to find. And per Varusa's husband's wishes, uh, she lifts the stone there uh, that it will be affixed to the monster's hide, which will weaken it and anger it as she closes the box there so it can be brought to whatever horrible thing they're going to hunt but uh barrasso wants to know hey why's elsa get to crash this like a backyard wedding if uh they've all earned the right to hunt it
0: uh pete there's an answer which is she's fair game and show no special treatment same as the others there's your answer uh and uh those who don't survive will be honored appropriately so if if pete It is maybe the barest little moment of story answer right there. We move on to the fact that everyone is in mortal danger.
1: We transition to a lidless skull in which there are objects. There's candles uh, and a dish in which all their medallions are placed and they remove the items from the skull and look in their hands seems like some sort of stone with a rune on it and jack is the lucky one here he's told he shall go first the others will follow and we hear uh men yelling in the distance there a monster growling a gate closed um varusa would say the stone is in place from the sound of things off he goes with the flaming tuba
0: uh it is chanted we will uh spill all blood for the hunt rid the land of abominations abomination? we th- what's that
1: abomination
0: uh lowercase um we the audience enter the maze as do the hunters elsa stalks near an oldie victrola uh and elsa passes jack and he suggests that uh, they could just pass each other by as they continue their search but instead it's fight time uh the the scottish character there as well uh elsa wins taking the axe and uh it is <laughs> as she runs off uh she's told
1: death is coming for ye, lassie the monster snarls in the distance there elsa peels around peers around a corner there is smoke low and then on a handprint on the wall, also a large, abnormally large footprint, smoking as well. Uh, And then a noise causes her to raise the axe. Uh, It is Leorn with a wrist rocket launcher type of thing there, crossbow, if you will. Uh, He has the... Uh, hand coming out the door. Elsa closes the door on him, rests his hand, and then chops it off, kicking it away.
0: <laughs> um, this Pete—a scene that presumably would have had blood flying if if Jakino had not gotten his way. Um, the the hand chopped. Uh, the blood flying. All of a sudden, uh. uh Leorne has the axe in his good hand. Uh, She, and just delightful visuals here, she gets the hand bow, which of course still has the hand as well as the bow, uh, and uses it. Pete, I thought to take him out. However, we will see in uh, the next, uh, as the scene plays out, that he's not quite dead, although uh, life and blood alike pouring out of him.
1: Yes, hit in the chin there. She rolls and uh, in the little alcove in the ground, covering his mouth as Jovan searches with a little hammer, axe type of uh, thing he's found in the garden here. Uh, He finds his larger axe and leaves, as again we hear a growl of the monster. They're hunting and is hunting them.
0: We cut to Jack creeping along Suddenly, as a hand grabs him, but, Pete, monster is friend. Monster is friend. Uh, He it is, of course, the, I would say, Pete, somewhat obscure uh, Marvel character, man thing. Um, Not to be confused with...
1: the first time we've heard about it or seen it in the MCU.
0: And, of course, don't confuse him with the completely different swamp thing. I don't know which one came first, but I think this is one of these, like... Um, We're just going to choose not to sue each other versus, you know, the old DC Comics suing over Shazam, which was a third-party thing and whatnot. This is just Swamp Thing, Man Thing, completely different, both creatures of the the nature and so forth. But uh, Pete, when have we seen slash heard of Man Thing prior to this?
1: So on Sakar, where they have kind of like the skyscraper totems of the various uh you know champions there is a very clear man thing uh also in season one matt of our agents of shield marvel's agents of shield maria hill asks over the phone uh who or what is a man thing
0: um loving references there um We have Jack saying to Man-Thing that he can't keep letting Man-Thing save him each time. So immediately with a couple bits of dialogue here, um, the trust between them, the playful nature and so forth, the affection, uh, fraternal affection, uh, all made clear here. Uh, Don't worry, Jack has a plan. Uh, He has little exploding things, so don't die and we'll be out of here soon.
1: And we see the bloodstone affixed to his back here, obviously meant to seem like a, a pet injured, hurt, wants to help him. Uh, we have, as he's having this conversation, Azarel sneaking up on the both of them, Um And uh, with Jack's plan to explode their way out of here, um, the uh, woman chases after Jack. He gets through a door. No, 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 don't close it. Because Elsa's in there, hurt, bleeding. And now they're locked in.
0: He gives her some tips on how to tie off uh, the wound there. It's got to be done right or it won't work. Pete showing that Jack continues to be a sympathetic and concerned guy here. But all these kills, there's going to be a werewolf at some point. I I can make no predictions as to who the werewolf will be. Um, Has Jack really taken out all those monsters? So his hunter cred questions, he says he's not that type of hunter. Uh, So why want the stone? Jack says that he doesn't uh, help him get the monster out. And Elsa can get the stone. Uh, So you're what, the monster's friend? Of course, Pete, we certainly know that they are indeed friends.
1: Elsa scoffs at this, but wait, Jack asks, you don't want to be like your father? Um, He understands it must be complicated. She says he has no idea about her family, Um, and he can tell her his is very different without saying that he's a werewolf yet um but uh the, this is common that families they they follow us for good or bad they stay like atmosphere and sometimes we think if we do something specifically to change it'll change everything as there's a groan far off from the friendly monster
0: monster his friend um She does say regarding her own family, some of whom are entombed around her, that uh, dying with her family is an option. Uh, She does note uh, one family member's name and climbs to crazy Aunt Frances's uh, resting place here. Bones are pulled out, the the skull as well, perhaps. With spiders. (laughs) Yes. Um, And Aunt Frances was convinced that she would come back. Um, Of course, we know she hasn't, but she knew that she would need an exit strategy. Look, a key, a key with which to get out of their current predicament as they've used up all the dialogue.
1: And a cool looking, I don't know quite what it is, scorpion shape. Used kind of like a grappling hook a couple times later. Uh, So also on Aunt Francis there. Interestingly, Matt... The dates inside the mausoleum here, the latest we see is 1961. Uh, Two of them both bear February 28th, 1961. We'll chew that over in a little bit. The door opens here, and at this point, Jack introduces himself. Uh, Elsa tells him uh, he's going to blow the wall and uh, she'll get the monster to him. Uh, Jack says he's trusting her, uh, and uh, they will get her the stone, and they're good, and he's on his own. Uh, She grabs that wrist thing left over there from Leorn. The closest perimeter wall is that way. It has a massive crack halfway down. Oh, and by the way, uh, across her, and she will kill both jack and man thing
0: uh and it's mentioned from jack to elsa if you meet the monster he's called ted uh (laughs) cut to our our scotsman uh who also has directed muppet movies in real life uh he's getting close oh so close to the beloved monster but elsa distracts him and uh pete earning the black and white that otherwise would have made this a much more gruesome death. Ted burns the Scotsman to death. Yes. Uh, Love it. <laughs> now, you might be concerned for Elsa at this point, And just as Man-Thing starts to think the same thing, Elsa calls him Ted. Uh, you have a lovely name and your friend is waiting for you. So, Pete, turns out the little funny ha-ha from the prior scene, he's called Ted, pays off in the next scene what to keep her alive and so forth.
1: Jack runs towards that wall crack there, the beeping explosive Elsa and Ted running. We get the keystone wall crack sequence of, I can't get it to go there, and then it won't stick as uh, Barrasso uh, closes space here before the bomb finally blows, and Elsa uses the other Uh, grappling device she removed from Aunt Frances's uh, tomb there to pull the bloodstone off Ted. He is free and Jack and Elsa smile.
0: The stone is free as well. As you mentioned, Jack reaches for it and it pulses with energy pushing Jack away. He's left to writhe in pain and all come to the scene of the crime here. Uh, It's the bloodstone that did this pushed him back. Uh, He's not a man, but rather a monster masquerading as one of our own. uh, And Elsa has freed a monster with another monster. So, you know, a pox on both their houses Uh, also says that perhaps none should have the stone. Uh, However, the hunt has that it is up to the hunt to decide Uh, and also gets cattle prodded, gets shocked uh, to end the act.
1: They come to in a cage here, Jack groaning. Elsa are you there she's sitting is she okay she is until he rips her throat out she supposes uh he apologizes Jack does that he couldn't tell her it wasn't safe um that it might have uh clouded her judgment a bit perhaps to have been working with a monster you know amongst a bunch of monster hunters and the training that she's received um he knows jack does he's an idiot but he's also human uh perhaps just not in that category but you see matt he has systems to manage the hurt he might cause but elsa doesn't care about those systems just wants him to stay away uh he assures her they work and any hunting that he does is a a part of him Uh, that he's got locked away. It only comes out once a month on a full moon. There's not another full moon for five days.
0: Pete, Elsa says that he just doesn't get it. She is locked in there with him, and the bloodstone can change him in five seconds. Uh, He looks around at all the trophy heads, the various monsters, and so forth, and realizes that it's going to be bad, and he is apparently next. Uh, He does say to her, if this is going to happen, don't break eye contact, uh he starts to smell her needing to remember her uh has this worked well it worked once uh which Pete gives us just a barest glimmer of hope that she might make it to the end of this special presentation
1: the masked participants enter jack begs them not to do this uh he says that there will be no mercy uh if this happens and verusa takes her hood off and reveals beneath her mask. She has painted her face ceremonially. Um, And the additional idea here, Jack wants mercy and Verusa says that that's the surprising thing. Their whole mission is based on mercy for those like him and all the lives of innocence that they take. Elsa's father died believing she'd never come home, but Verusa lived in hope here, so now she can deliver the lesson. But it's time for Jack to show himself. Uh, Verusa uses the bloodstone and chants here as Jack apologizes to Elsa, the energy pulsing out of it as varusa laughs and the transformation here shown from elsa's point of view with the strobing black and white really really something to behold
0: it is he cries out as the camera slowly pushes into elsa uh then the transformation complete he is pete you might say a werewolf by night uh, the stepmother laughs uh, and then is grabbed by him. Uh, Pete, I thought she was going to get pulled into the cage or have arms separated from the shoulder <laughs> or something like that. But uh, um, the werewolf is now shocked with those prods. There's smoke everywhere. Uh, and He's out, uh, having gotten out from above. Everyone is looking for him. And uh, we see him ultimately jump from above down onto them. Um and uh, he is slowed but not stopped as we see goons and hunters alike taken out in the fight.
1: Yes, Barasso throwing one of those cattle prods. Jack comes down again and rips at Barasso's knee and then also bites at the side of his face. Elsa goes up the interior of the cage and then slides down the exterior as Barasso is now drawn into a sword fight with her, uh, and she slices his throat and puts him down. Uh, Azrael also here uh, fighting, and then we get this delicious Matt hallway carnage straight ahead as uh, the camera is continually blasted with uh, Viscera. And the door, uh, all the light there going away, revealing the shadows. Total kudos to the cinematography of this presentation.
0: Pete, what a brilliant idea for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have an iconic hallway fight featuring a title title character. Part hero, part knave. The Uh, week
1: they had another hallway fight with that other character. The day after, two two days after. No, the day after.
0: Um, regardless, this I mean, obviously nobody owns a hallway fight here. It's really great. I like the timing, the closing door here, kind of helping add a sense of even the beginning. We know how it's going to going to end. Um, the blood splatter too. I think Pete hiding some of the the naughtiest bits that our eyes, our Disney eyes can't can't see here. Um, and with that door closed, you know we're we're locked in here with him. Uh, Meanwhile, Elsa's fighting, and uh, Verusa gets the bloodstone. Uh, It blasts the werewolf uh, once and twice again. Uh, Ultimately, Elsa wins her her hunter-boss-level fight uh, and gets the hook, which she uses to take out the stepmother. The question now, Pete, is this. As Elsa approaches the werewolf slowly and takes the bloodstone, putting it in, in her pocket, her hands up, she asks, uh, you know, always quiet. She asks if Jack is in there. The dramatic crux now being Pete, will the werewolf by night remember her?
1: He leaps at her. We get the close-up here, the remembrance of the scent. She has her hand on his cheek uh, to make him retreat. He leaves, and then Verusa... In the doorway to the main chamber there tells Elsa that she will now die as she lived. A disgrace to her father's memory and the hallowed bloodstone name as she points a weapon there. Man thing to the rescue, leaping in from above behind Verusa, grabbing her by the waist, burning her up throwing her into the coffin with a head rolling. Boy, those parental controls, Matt.
0: Uh, Pete, as an interviewer, uh, I think for The Hollywood Reporter, noted somehow this isn't TVMA. Um, Elsa points Ted towards Jack, and the only person who is left is the aforementioned butler, Um He's ready for her to be the boss now. And she says, brilliant, clean all this stuff up. Uh, And as she sits, color works its way into the picture as she considers the bloodstone. I must say, Pete, um, for as much as I am taking the position that it should have been a foregone conclusion that this was all in black and white, uh, things look really good uh, in color in this scene. Uh, And later, as uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow plays, we're still in color as Jack awakens and Ted looks on
1: the phonograph there's a cowbell next to it um jack's in some sort of uh tree type of hut man thing is there on a stump there's a public phone off to the side there and a french press man thing handing a mug of coffee to um to jack here we get the full man thing on display the shoulders the detail the stones i really dug the daisy on the right our right the left shoulder there um and jack uh speaking to the monster that only can grunt sympathetically or enthusiastically that it's jack that is the one always coming to the rescue.
0: Indeed, Pete. Who rescued who? And let's do sushi as we head into the credits.
1: The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, Matt. We'll begin with Joshua Jovan.
0: Pete, I realize as I look at this list of three baddies that they are essentially the guideposts by which the three sections of the story unfold. Um, Jovan indeed, you know, I mean, look, it's great if you know that he's Kirk Thatcher, the Muppet director, the sometimes actor, the punk Star Trek punk music guy, uh, in two quantum two appearances, uh, all of that also in uh Spider-Man. Yes, 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 as, yes. As a punk. Um, All of that, great. You strip that away and go, okay, who is he? He's a baddie. He's just the most suspicious of the hunters for, you know, let's give the first five, eight minutes to uh, set the table here for the story. When there's actual story tension, he's the baddie for that first third of the story.
1: Yeah, and comical at that. But with that physical presence and, you know, a, a real threat early on, all those kills, Matt. That we're we're told so clearly, you know, up against the diminutive uh Jack were made to think uh he doesn't have a a chance against the impressive fifty seven uh monster killer Jovon until we meet Man Thing.
0: Uh and Pete, I have to admit. I guess I knew Man-Thing was separate from Swamp Thing, and I definitely know Swamp Thing is a DC property. So, um, bottom line being, do I think... Because, look, there's all sorts of clickbaity articles in the last week about how this is most assuredly setting up the monster Marvel cinematic universe. And, look, I'm not saying that this says no to that, but I think they really are like we got a werewolf guy and we got man thing and what we can make it work. And it can be Disney plus is going to pay for it. And it's going to be a Halloween special. Um, if only Pete, there was one other way to make that better. I'll save that for theories. Um, but I think they're just reveling here in the notion that, you know, man thing, a perhaps not super well-known, but a beloved character nonetheless is able to show up here and uh, give us mid story monster tension.
1: And that we could simultaneously fear him and then root for him in, you know, the story puppy type of way. And to have him turn it around as Ted to save the day, uh, to do what monsters do. Monsters kill people. Uh, They can kill bad people, as uh, he does at the end there uh delivering the death blow to verusa Pete
0: who do you think reached publication first swamp thing or man thing how about let's start with this which 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 year which year do you think each came out
1: these definitely feel like 1960s creations
0: um they are 1970s creations okay. all right okay uh swamp thing For DC Comics first appeared in House of Secrets 92. That's July 1971. Man Thing first appeared in Savage Tales number one. That's May 1971. Me thinks that somebody saw early art from a friend who worked for the other company and ran to the first company and said, Look, they're doing a thing. Let's do a thing because that's what. What was it? May and April, did I say? That's they one month apart. That's that's wow. nothing in publishing. That is that is, that is a nominal difference.
1: I have very fond memories of the original Swamp Thing movie. Um and have seen that a number of times. Um been hoping they're gonna get Swamp Thing right with DC over here, but the house on fire that is. The distinguished competition, Matt, not so much.
0: Anyhow, Pete, back to these baddies here. Verusa, I mean, clearly, clearly presented as somebody we're not meant to like, Uh, though I don't think we necessarily want to be friendly friends in the beginning with Elsa. We're certainly sympathetic to her because Verusa is mean to her and is the mean stepmother. And that tends not to work well for stepmothers in Disney properties and so forth um and delivered with uh with malice and vigor by harriet sansom harris and uh i think we're happy when she meets her end at you know the end
1: to play on all the you know widow stepmother tropes and then to add in the tension with elsa And that she's a monster hunter and protecting her, you know, dead husband's legacy and the supernatural with the stone and all that. Uh, it's everything it needs to be. She's at the end the, the big bad that, you know, the monster that is vilified has to get out of the way and help to solve the story. Welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize Matt when the heck does this take place
0: I mean I hear what you're saying about some of the non you know, some of the dates issues there in the crypt I think that if they want it to be set 60 years ago and the dates are a hint fine if just somebody was like I imagine in the history of this piece of land that this crypt was built forever ago and more recent people have left or dad died old or you know, I, I think you could you could perhaps explain it away for production design reasons that maybe don't come to the surface here. Um again, you know, I'm kind of on the fence like <laughs> I'm okay with this being a standalone thing. And I know that anybody who works with Kevin Fiji, you know, is told that their thing is the most important thing and You know, they don't necessarily get given the breadcrumbs. He and his team are the ones that keep track of the breadcrumbs. So if we are setting up monster stuff for the future, so be it. I think that what we get from this is, by default, taking place in the MCU now. um, Which I know is a couple years ahead of 2022, I think. 2024 or something like that. Um, Can it be undone? Sure. But until I see greater evidence, I'm going to assume it takes place now-ish.
1: Where will the Bloodstone turn up next?
0: Uh, I mean, taking a look at the schedule here, I feel like there's not a lot of places that jump out at me, other than maybe, weirdly, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, uh, which does feature some stuff, at least, I was going to say shot on Earth. I mean, obviously the whole thing was filmed on Earth, but they did some filming in, uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, they did some filming um in los angeles in the hollywood and highland complex the chinese theater stuff like that so you know I just point being could they crisscross with it in a way that's maybe not not obvious to us i almost feel like more that than what the the tense paranoia of secret invasion no the street level hero and villain of echo no I mean, maybe Loki, maybe, maybe Loki season two. Um, But I feel like none of those are great choices. I mean, Agatha Coven of Chaos, which is now what, late 2023. So a year away, maybe there, maybe that's the best one of all. I don't know. So
1: um, we have Ulysses here. We see that the head is sewn at the top. Um, How did he die?
0: Um Pete, maybe he died doing what he enjoyed best. And that's mentioned in this episode. It's mentioned in this story, and we'll just leave it at that.
1: So Werewolf by Night, the comic that gave us Moon Knight, that was all sorts of buzz. That maybe we were gonna have Mark Specter, Moon Knight, uh Conchu somehow. Uh, appear in there uh kept me looking for an end credit scene which sadly we did not get um and now that we have this there was further talk that they nearly went with a blade cameo um that's my pick for perhaps where the bloodstone pops up next but that film is in a lot of trouble
0: and the fact I mean, you know what? I'm looking at the phase five schedule now and I feel clearly got caught on the TV stuff as opposed to the movie ends. That's my bad. Yes, I feel like Blade is a very natural spot. But as you have said, uh director Bassam Tariq has left the project and they don't currently have a director, but they're gonna start filming next month. So there's slight, you know, chaos on the bridge here. Um I think if you we're planning to shoot a blade cameo, or if you shot it in some capacity, even if it's just, you know, stunt man in glove reaches for it. And then, you know, later get the actor to say something bladey again. Um, however you were going to do it. I think there's enough question marks to say, let's just not include that and let the werewolf by night story be a werewolf by night story. And if blade has issues later on, so be it.
1: So Matt, Patton Oswald has helped to publicize some news uh, of an event in our neck of the woods uh, this weekend. There was a comedian uh, who played uh, Uncle Vinny's comedy club in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Arielle Elias, who in her routine on uh, Saturday night, had a uh, can of beer hurled at her on stage. Uh, like a champ, she maintained her composure. She chugged it. Uh, Oswald tweeted out this uh, clip. Um, and so now Matt, in honor of Patton Oswald and the signal boost here uh, for this comedian and his uh, big, you know, uh, Parks and Recreation, I'm going to join all the universes for Marvel. I'm going to tell you right now how She-Hulk will cross over with Werewolf by night. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Fire away. Okay. Close credits on She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We open on the planet of Sakar. Man-Thing is in a pit, he's in trouble, but wait, wait, as the Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum notes, the moon is about to come up. Who is that that uh, Man-Thing is fighting? Oh my gosh, it's now a werewolf by night there, not to fight him, but to save him. Bruce Banner comes in, the Hulk, to because uh, he's been summoned here by the Grandmaster. We don't know what to do. We've got this monster, who's a thing by night. Save us. Close credits.
0: Uh, I really like that. And if you have nailed that ahead of the She-Hulk finale, uh, which, as we record this, is three days away, that'll be that'll be pretty amazing.
1: I do what I can
0: pete let me ask you this okay we have watched this we've enjoyed it what is and we've discussed it throughout this evening's podcast what is the forbidden fruit from this episode what is the thing that that is out there that exists but that we have been denied in our viewing of it
1: i'm not quite sure
0: how about the full color version of this Uh, right the blood spot so pete
1: the black and white i think was so stylistic and that you have jacchino in this this is his directorial live action debut right
0: indeed it is
1: yeah and that to have a director who is the composer and just you know we haven't even talked about the the soaring vocalization when you come into this Circular space with the heads and the busts on the wall, one of which seems like some sort of man, man bat. Uh, it's it's tremendous. It's it's the best synthesis of that. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Michael Giacchino's uh, soundtrack work. You know, his stuff with Lost. I'm I'm telling a guy who podcast Lost. Um, you know, is is just below John Williams for me. Um, and you know, this was really, really special that he's a big monster guy, that he's super into this, that he's a Jersey boy like the guys who are talking to you right now. Um, I think he made the right decision. And I think uh sometimes Kevin Feige, you know, he gets to claim credit for all this, but he could be like, yeah. I dragged my feet on that a little bit and then I saw the black and white.
0: Pete, the year is twenty twenty-three. There's more and more TV MA content on Disney Plus. Would you rewatch this in glorious TV MA color? Would you give it a second rewatch in whether it's the spring of next year or all Hallows Eve 2023?
1: <laughs> yes. Um and, you know, I mentioned uh, Moon Knight before. Oscar Isaac was at New York Comic Con and was talking about Moon Knight. And, hey, did you just – wait, did you just confirm a second season? Not necessarily. All he would say is, yeah, haven't seen the last of Moon Knight. So all those people that pointed out that he made the Marvel Studios card and then got stripped out because um contract dispute that his contract is up yada 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 um i really look forward to him popping up again this would be a cool space for him to uh to populate let's check the wire
0: to twitter we go where pete the lowest vote here Fiji's folly got zero percent uh the next lowest rung it's all right got zero percent uh then two yarn balls a fun yarn frog emoji uh that's out there for you stacy uh 23.1 percent and then three thumbs up a modern classic 76.9 percent uh some replies to the twitter here tweeter at law kclyle1 on twitter a lot of fun man thing in live action is not something I ever really expected to see. Some cool action scenes. Uh, he knows, parenthetically, Elsa is a bad a dollar sign dollar sign. Uh, Pete, maybe he was trying to hashtag something. I don't understand because I'm very innocent. Uh, and I love the use of black and white, says Twitter at law. And the werewolf uh, wasn't CGI. Love to see more of these specials. Um, you're in luck. There will be another one between now and uh, the holidays um next uh steve thurbridge on twitter says excellent special got a one-shot comic vibe black and white into color was a neat thing but expected agatha in the post credit scene can't wait for more like this
1: oh there's a spot for your bloodstone
0: yeah yeah Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo 1983. The special event was perfect. The black and white was a perfect homage to the 50s horror flicks. Ted was great and I need more of him in my MCU. Please give Michael Giacchino the keys to the MCU horror verse now. Uh, Noel Gardner at Noel Camille says, I loved it from the special presentation graphics through the end. I was not expecting Jack and Man Things bromance, but I needed more of it immediately. Also, was kick butt. I can't wait for more of this. Uh, more of this for the MCU, uh, Pete. I'll just add to that list of things. Did you catch that? Subtly, not overdone. Um, there were like, like you know, uh, dirt marks on the film and and things yeah. of that sort. There cigarette some the, burns. Yeah. Um, the cigarette burns a bit more obvious, but like they they had a real low level of like, mm-hmm. yeah, this this film is old and dirty. Uh, Spider Ham Lincoln Test LC139 says, I thought Werewolf by Night was really fun. An excellent departure from the mainstream Marvel muscle trademark. Uh, whether they do uh shows like this more often or just once a year, I'm ready for more visits from Jack Russell, Ted the Man thing, and Elsa Bloodstone. Bring on Blade and the Midnight Suns. Uh at Snow Goggles says, all in for the monster cinematic universe. And lastly, at Diana Bodenberg says, I love Ted. I really enjoyed Werewolf by Night and can't wait to see what comes next in the monster MCU.
1: It's, you know, another area that they can grow, you know, to be able to do the Marvel Studio shows on Disney Plus and, all right, take a deep dive with WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But then, you know, To get even more obscure than like a, you know, and I'm certainly not implying that Moon Knight is the most obscure title out there, but, you know, wasn't starting with a movie, was introduced to uh, audiences on the smaller screen there. The specials would be the perfect place to get into super obscure things and even to bring back characters and you know groups we've seen before a la the guardians so you know will it be tied exclusively to holidays your halloween your holidays uh you know christmas hanukkah kwanzaa etc do you drop one around uh easter do you do uh fourth of july one with the uh, new captain america could be kind of fun uh bring them on man
0: to the email inbox we go pete we hear from stacy who says as follows good morning matt and pete uh beat she wrote this in the morning Uh, it's a time warp thing anyhow one of the best things about being a very casual comic book reader is i tend to go into these things with no idea of what's going to happen werewolf by night was a perfect example and i loved every minute of it The story was great. The effects were great. The monsters were fantastic. Ted and Jack's friendship, a delight. One of the things I've been so disappointed in with recent Godzilla movies is that we don't see enough Godzilla. If you're gonna make a monster movie, I want to see the monster. That said, one of the best parts uh, about this was when we don't see what's happening. Just the reactions of the people in proximity. It was just the right balance. All the acting was amazing, but two favorites were surprises. I know I've seen Harriet Harris in other things, but of course I best know her as Fraser's agent Bebe. Uh, watching her chew up the scenery as Verusa was good, and I think Bebe would appreciate her enthusiasm. And Laura Donnelly, who I'd only ever seen in Outlander, was so good as Elsa hope they make more of these because this was super fun. Okay, time to get to work. Happy Monday and all. As always, looking forward to your thoughts. That from Stacy, a.k.a. Stingray, a.k.a. TrekGirl88 on Twitter.
1: I think what throws this special over the top was what an awesome job they did casting. Um, and, you know, at the top of that is Laura Donnelly, I knew she was an outlander. Uh, she is a revelation in this. I, I can't wait to see these characters. I can't wait for the next step in Elsa Bloodstone's journey. Well, Pete, our
0: journey ever made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. And our thanks, as always, uh, to them for helping keep us listener
1: supported. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to contribute at. Takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute this month, uh, get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating or review in just a little bit, which helps us as much.
0: Pete, let's keep the conversation going, particularly with uh, the end of She-Hulk in sight, and next month bringing us Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and more Marvel adventures around the corner. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,772. Followers can't be wrong.
0: And while well, I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more.
1: Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the P and the H, all one word, like it today.
0: If you're listening on the Marvel Movie Podcast, we will be back in mid-November to talk Black Panther Wakanda forever. If you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast this upcoming weekend, She-Hulk. Andor and lower decks. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Good luck. I'll be rotting for you.